0: Brothers and sisters in Christ. In the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, to whom all laud and praise alone are, 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 are due, grace and peace are yours. Amen. Would you please be seated? What a great privilege it is to be with you here at Trinity and to be with you this morning, be with you this week in your wonderful town. Um, our, our lake in central Indiana isn't quite as impressive as yours. Uh, and so It's always good. My wife uh, is from Michigan, and so this is homecoming for her, though uh, she's from a little bit further south in Muskegon. And so it's always good to be with you also this morning. We're going to be looking at Isaiah 55, this wonderful passage from our Old Testament. And we see these words in the Old Testament. They're words that are pretty familiar to us, that God's word will not return to him void, but will accomplish the purposes for which he has sent them. And those words are are impactful for us as Christians. We we know those. We take confidence in those that God's word will not return to him void. And so, of course, this morning I'm thinking about words. And we speak a lot of words. In fact, some of you probably have heard or even quoted that women speak 20,000 words a day and men speak 7,000 words a day. (laughs) You've probably heard that, right? That's that's not new to you. But in reality, that's actually just a bunch of made-up numbers. In fact, the University of Texas in 2007 actually did a study, and men and women speak roughly the same amount of words in a given day, and that number is 16,000. And yes, for all of you who are wondering, yes, women do speak slightly more than men. But it's not so radically different. 16,000 words in a given day. Now, just do a little bit of math. 16,000 words a day, 365 days a year, that's roughly five and a half million words that you speak in a given year. Add that up over 75 years, at the end of those 75 years, you have spoken 412,500,000 words. That is a lot of words. 16,000 a day. One of the things I found most fascinating about this is that 16,000 words we speak in a day, but we actually use in our vocabulary roughly 800 words in a day. And so we put those 800 words together to make 16,000 words. And I know what you're thinking. This is a lot of numbers in a sermon about words. I've got another one for you. Hang on. Out of 16,000 words, we speak about 1,000 meaningful words in a day. The rest of it. Is just this a thousand meaningful words I'm guessing you all can remember some meaningful words that were spoken to you words that that went into your ear touched your heart you can think of meaningful words in the voice that spoke them forgive me for just a second I, I'm gonna use a I'm gonna use a pretty extreme example I had the, uh, the opportunity as a junior in high school to be an exchange student. I had lived in Caracas, Venezuela. It was 1992. That was the year that there were two coups in Caracas, Venezuela. I was there for the second one, November 27th. If you, if you know the date in mind, November 27th, you know that falls right around Thanksgiving. It in fact fell on Thanksgiving. Woke up to jet fighters going over my house. We were in martial law for two weeks. But I couldn't call home for three days. It was a long time to be without words from my family. I wasn't in any physical danger. The place where we lived was slightly removed from where all the action was happening. But after three days, I was able to call home. And when I called, When I called home, our whole family was gathered there for Thanksgiving, and they knew they had received word through the Rotary Club and through the the ambassadors that we were, in fact, all safe, and so everything was okay. So they weren't particularly worried about us, but nevertheless, not hear my voice and not to be able to hear their voices was really impactful. Well, I I called, dialed the number, get through. It's my sister that answers the phone. My sister was the closest to me in age with whom I was the closest growing up, and she spoke really meaningful words. As soon as she heard my voice, she said, Oh! You're still alive? <laughs> Hilarious. Put mom on the phone. Those are meaningful words. But it was actually the words at the end of the phone conversation that were the most meaningful. Because at the end of the phone conversation, my mom passed the phone around to people who were there. My grandparents and my great-grandparents were there. My great-great-grandfather got on the phone. I don't know if I ever had another phone conversation with him. We called him Pop-Pop. He was born in Ireland. And he said, may the roads rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun be ever in your face. And may you be in heaven 15 minutes before the devil knows you're dead. That was his blessing. You know it as the old Irish blessing. Those were meaningful words. I'm guessing you have meaningful words that were spoken to you too. Maybe not in difficult situations, but maybe difficult words. Not all the words you remember, not all the meaningful words that you remember are words that are spoken gently. Sometimes they're difficult words that you need to hear. We speak a thousand meaningful words in a day. Which ones of those will stick? We start thinking about these types of words and... We go back to Isaiah 55. God's word will not return to him void, but will accomplish the purposes for which he sends them. God's word will not return to him void, which means God's word is meaningful. But which ones? I got one more number for you. For those of you that read the, uh, the English Standard Version of the Bible, there are actually 757,453 words in the Bible. So which ones are meaningful? Which ones won't return to the Lord void when they're spoken? And by the way, if you're a King James person, the number is 770,000. And if you're an NIV person, the number is 750,000. So it's right in the middle, the ESV is. So which ones are meaningful? Which ones won't return void? Because I'll tell you this, the pastor standing in the pulpit this morning... My fear is always that my words are just going to become more words. You hear lots of sermons throughout your life as well. My words are just going to be more words that are spoken in a given, given day. In fact, a prayer that I learned really on, early on in ministry that I've, I've always prayed before I came into the pulpit or before I began to preach was a prayer taught to me by an older pastor. And he prayed this, Lord, may your words never be boring out of my mouth. God's words are meaningful. 757,000 of them. Which ones aren't going to return void? Because a lot of these words go in one ear and out the other. So we have to ask ourselves, and what's the purpose of God's word? What is he sending his word out into the world specifically to do. God's word is spoken to God's people. And remember, in the time of Isaiah, when this is being written, God's people are, are long since gone, have long since gone astray. They're, they're long down the road of disobedience. And God has sent His prophet Isaiah to speak His specific words to His people. And when Isaiah is commissioned, that wonderful chapter of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter six, when he's commissioned to do this work, and he says, here I am, send me. God, what do you want me to do? We usually cut the reading off right there. Because the next thing that it says is keep speaking until the people are hard-hearted. Keep speaking until their eyes gloss over and their ears close. So if that's what we're supposed to do, Brother Tanetti and I will be here for a while this morning, so just get comfortable. (laughs) God's prophet was supposed to speak difficult words to his people. God's prophet was supposed to speak these difficult words because the people had hardened their hearts. And so God was saying, keep speaking to them so that they will know there's a prophet, even if they push that prophet away. Sometimes God's meaningful words are difficult. In fact, Jesus did the exact same thing. Remember in John chapter sixty. In John 60, Jesus was teaching the people, and as he was, the words he spoke were difficult. They were hard for the people to hear, and the meaningful words that day pierced their hearts. And as they pierced their hearts, many of his disciples said, This is a hard saying. Who can believe it? These words are difficult, Jesus. They encounter my life, and they challenge me where I live. These words are hard for me to take. This is what it says, John 6, verse 66. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. And Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, What about you? Are you, going, are you going to leave too? These words too difficult for you to hear? And Simon Peter. Always Simon Peter. Who probably spoke 25,000 words in a day. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of everlasting life. Lord, where else can we go other than to you? Simon Peter spoke wonderful words of faith in the midst of the difficult words of Jesus. It's important for us to recognize that when we say God's word will not return to him void, but will accomplish the purposes for which he sends it, that sometimes this is the purpose of God's word. Sometimes the seed is sown among rocky soil, and sometimes the word does not take root and grow, and sometimes the difficult and challenging word pierces the heart, and sometimes the difficult and challenging word means that people leave. This is a hard saying, difficult for us to take. Sometimes it happens, but not always, and not primarily. Remember that God was speaking to a disobedient people when he spoke the words of Isaiah 55. God was speaking to them in the midst of words that Isaiah had already spoken, telling them they would go off into exile, they would lose everything that they held dear, that all of the things around them would crumble and fade. God told them in the midst of all of this, but I have not abandoned you. God told them in the midst of all of this, look around you. In fact, nature will declare that I have not left you. Look around you and realize all the wonderful things that I will still accomplish. For you are not cut off and you are not forsaken. You will always be my people. And my word will always be spoken to you. And it will never return to me void. And when you see all of these signs around you, look at what he says. This shall make a name for the Lord. It shall be a sign of an everlasting covenant, a promise that will never fade and never fail. This is God's word spoken to God's people. This is God's word spoken to us. This is a promise that is made in the midst of all of it. This is the message for God's people that he will not abandon nor forsake you. But God is everlasting promise maker. He loves you. This is the word of God spoken to you. This is the purpose for which God has sent his word. This is what God continues to speak. God's word not only is difficult, but is also easy. God's word not only repels people, but also invites. God's word is not only the one that challenges our hearts, but also the one that encourages them. That You are not forsaken, but that you are loved with an everlasting love, God's word's purpose is to build faith, to encourage faith. 757,000 words. And so which words are the most meaningful and impactful for you? Which words speak to your heart? It's difficult, isn't it? It's surprising sometimes, What word speaks into our lives and what word speaks into our faith that you know at a given moment that God is truly speaking to you, that his word, as the scriptures say, is living and active, that it's speaking to you where you are. This never-changing word, this perfect word, speaks at a given moment, in a given situation, directly to your heart. Which one? The church that I served one of our young youth leaders, a kid who, who two of us had both independently tapped and told, you know what? God's got a calling on your life. You're going to be a blessing to the church. Both of us tapped him and told him, we, we think God's calling you to be a pastor. We put him in leadership positions. We gave him opportunities to speak. And you know what happened? As a senior in high school, he got a girlfriend. The <laughs> unfortunate part of that was that she was a negative influence. In fact, she was a part of a Filipino cult called Iglesia Ni Cristo. Oh, well, he became a leader. He became one who was a blessing to a group of people, just not the Christian church. And as he got deeper and deeper into it, he kept challenging us. He would send emails all the time, emails with all these Bible verses to prove that what we were teaching was wrong and that what his church was teaching was right. And we would send back other Bible verses as well. And one of the key things that he wanted us to know was that Jesus was just a man. He wasn't the eternal son of God. He was just a man. He lived at a specific period of time, and that's it. He was a good man, but he was nothing that we should be so impressed with. We sent him Bible verse after Bible verse after Bible verse. We sent him verses that you would start with, like John 3.16, for God sent his son to the world because he loves the world this way. We sent him all sorts of different verses that speak to the divinity of Jesus, and they seem to just bounce off him. Until my, my friend emailed him this weird, obscure passage where Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Silence. About a week later, we got an email from him that said, I don't know how Jesus could see Satan fall like like lightning if he wasn't alive when it happened. My friend and I both looked at each other and went, of all the Bible passages, of all the 757,000 words, those were the ones? It's surprising how God uses his word. How this living and active word pierces our souls. How this living and active word speaks to our hearts. How this living and active word speaks difficult words and easy words. In the midst of all of them, in the midst of all the words that are spoken, in the midst of all the words that are spoken by God, God knows that we get distracted. God knows that in the barrage of words, sometimes our minds wander. In the barrage of words that are spoken not only by God, but by others as well. Not only by others, but by ourselves as well. Of all the blather that we do, God knows that it's easy for the meaningful word to get lost, and so we made sure that it was more. And John 1 tells us all about it, doesn't he? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God wanted to make sure that we Got the message. God wanted to make sure that we knew the Word, and so the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And as the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, we beheld His glory. We saw the gift that He was from God, the recognition of all that He had done. For us, that this is what God's words are all about. That this is what these seven hundred fifty-seven words, for seven hundred fifty-seven thousand words, point to. They point to God's work for you in Jesus Christ, so that you would hear the message clearly. And God's word will not return to him void. And so, brothers and sisters, we know that it's true. Sometimes Jesus. Is difficult and divisive. But God sent his son primarily because Jesus is easy and inviting. Because God speaks in the midst of the difficult moments of our lives. In the midst of the challenges that we might face. In the midst of the times when we go astray. God is still speaking. And God is speaking into the midst of all of it through his son. In fact, that's what Hebrews 1 says. And in many ways, in various times, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Those are meaningful words. Meaningful words of a God who so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have life everlasting. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him, Brothers and sisters, those, those are meaningful words. Those are words being spoken in the midst of all the other words. Those are the words that God wants you to hear. Those are the words that will not return to him void, but will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. Because Jesus gives meaning to all of the 757,000 words that God speaks. And God speaks love in the person of Jesus Christ. So brothers and sisters, it's all the work of a God who is still speaking meaningful words to you so that you will know that you are loved and you will know that you are forgiven in the name of the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ. Amen.